The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back. Thanks again for joining us for another episode as we continue our study through the Word of God. And as you know, we right now, we are currently in the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we really kind of entitled this passage, God's Story, Your Part. And this, this book really talking about the idea that God has a plan. Uh, God had used Hannah and God used Samuel for a really necessary time kind of like we said in Esther, for such a time as this, for the time that was necessary in Israel's history. And we're going to see a bit of Samuel's willingness to be all that God desired and needed him to be. So if you're following along with us, we are in 1 Samuel, we're in chapter 3, as we're going to look at probably likely, at least if not today and today and tomorrow, through the whole chapter, as it really covers one whole context of one of the more popular aspects of Samuel's story when he was younger, when God reached out and spoke to Samuel for the first time. So we are in 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There wasn't a widespread revelation. Now, we know that Samuel was, had been taken by Hannah. She was now li- he, was, he was now living in the temple. Um, the question is how young he was. He could have been a young boy, could have been a teenager. It all depends on uh, There's different aspects. The fact is he was very young. Um, he had been living there. He had been living underneath Eli, who had reared Hophni and Phinehas, and, and that didn't, did not work. But he, he had a special, I guess you would say, anointing on him by God. Anyway, he'd been serving. And it's interesting, it says that the word of the Lord, there was no widespread revelation. Really, you can come back and not really take too light on that. But the fact is that um, there, due to Eli and his son's weak leadership and actually sinful leadership, it's not a big surprise to see that there was some limited information, limited revelation, because uh, who, who's God going to give it to? Obviously, he wasn't going to give it to Hophni and Phinehas. And so it's an intriguing, you can almost say a little bit of a darker spiritual time due to the spiritual leadership. Uh, then we go on to verse 2. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, he was going blind as a result of his old age. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, okay, a lot of different things going on there. He was just, it was a dark time spiritually. Uh, he was getting older. He was going blind. Now it's nighttime. Verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down. And he went and lie down. Now the Lord, uh, the Lord had yet, had, then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. God had yet, at this point in his life, spoken. He had been there, he'd been training, he'd been learning the things of the priesthood, but the intimate one-on-one conversation between God and Samuel had yet to take place, and it's taking place right now. So what you really see is Eli jumps up. Obviously, think about it. If, if oh, Sorry, Samuel. If Eli's going blind, it's darker. Obviously, he's going to need Samuel to do a lot more work, and Samuel's doing it, doing what he's been asked to do. Um, so this is this conversation probably is not normal. It really takes till the third time before Eli notices what's going on. Uh, verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, so he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you, may sp- that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold. Now I want you to catch this. So you see the story. This is the part most of us are fully aware of that. God is speaking to Samuel. It takes three times. And it's not abnormal. I've, I've heard some people really jump on Eli on this, that he's just such a horrible priest, or Samuel should have caught into this. The fact is, it's the first time. Um, there's a lot of things. Young kid, he could have made a mistake, could be hearing things. Um, I think we make too much when we start talking about making more of this than what it really is. God speaking to Samuel for the first time. He didn't recognize it. Eli missed it at first, just some due to his old age, due to the fact, didn't know when it was coming. Um, and so to this point, this is just God communicating for the very first time. And I can imagine in those days, in that day, remember, there was no uh, full scripture. So this is Old Testament historical books being written as they're living. So he didn't have scripture to go back to. God is speaking. That's why God spoke to them in those days instead of where he does through the word of God to us today. And so now what we have is we get to this part of the story, and this is this is the part, you know, a lot of times people end, and, and especially when we're teaching children, a lot of times we do. We're just, how does God speak to us? And it's a great time to take principles and application. How do God speak to us today? But in this situation, last time we talked about the idea of the prophet who came and pronounced judgment on Eli. Now you're going to see that God confirms that while speaking here to Samuel. Um, verse 11, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel, at which both ears of every who, everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned by, for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down till morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. So the vision simply came down. His first conversation really was, I have given this prophecy through another one of my men to Eli. And unfortunately, he goes, sacrifice offering, what normally would have been enough is not going to do it, due to the extent of the sin. It was the excessive amount. It was just the vile nature of what his sons did. Really what happens is, is yes, there's a, there's a punishment to the sons, but the greatest punishment came to the fact that Eli was aware of what was taking place and failed to do anything about it. And I think that's a big thing. That's the part, it's really the ultimate reason. See, if Eli had just removed his sons, brought punishment, then uh, the problem would have been solved. But because Eli refused uh, to let God's truth stand before his sons, that became a problem. And again, you can love your, he says, well, maybe he loved his sons. Let me tell you, if he loved his sons, he would have pointed them in the right direction. That's what a loving parent does. A loving parent does not ignore sin. A loving parent does not say no big deal. You know, I want to love them. I, I, you know, I'm just going to love them back to Jesus. And we should love them back to Jesus. But these men were not wayward per se. They were living as priests in the temple. Uh, it's one thing to say that your son or daughter's walked away from God and absolutely keep an open relationship, love them, wait for God to bring them back, and God's the one that'll do the work to bring them back. You can, there's only little you can do at that point. You pray for them, you love them, keep that door open, God brings them back. And this situation is different. They were living as priests, great authority, and so they should have been forced to step down. And so the punishment really comes ultimately because Eli refused to do anything about it. And that's important for us to catch, that we, you know, we've been given the Word of God and given what we've been told to do, and we need to make sure we make that the number one priority in 
our home and our marriages and everything, that God's truth and God's word always stands first. Um, so we hear verse 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. And he said, what is the word of the Lord, word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do, God do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me of the things that he said to you. See, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and that none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So we look at this, it really, you get this last section, this, this kind of an introduction. It's really concluding one section of this level of history, beginning another. So you've got Samuel, he, his, you hear about his mom, you hear about his dad, you hear about the promise, he comes, he lives in the temple. Uh, all of this background, all of how God used Elkanah, God used Hannah to get Samuel ready and how God's preparing Samuel. Because what happens next, now Samuel's the prophet. You begin to see God's punishment to Eli fulfilling in the next several sections. You begin to see a level of struggle that comes to Israel as a result of this weak leadership, things of that nature. That, that's what's coming next. Uh, what we get from this is kind of the end of this introductory idea of kind of building up. And then you get, now we're going to look, moving forward, looking at the, um, the life and ministry of Samuel that will go for obviously the rest of this chapbook and into the next book. And many of the, the historical stories that we know of, David and Goliath and things of that nature, will be coming in the coming chapters. And I hope you stick with us on it. I hope we just pull from one thing we look at this. And this is. We say, God's story, your part. Eli could have done this. Hannah and Elkanah did. Samuel did. We know that God's got a plan. What is our part? Our part is obedience. Our part is submission to where we are right now, submission to where God moves us, and then simply obedience. Failure to obey makes it impossible for God to fulfill. Now, I'm going to say impossible for God can do anything. God will choose, if I don't obey, to not move forward. God's got an amazing plan, but in our, in, in our man's responsibility or man's free will, we will choose whether or not we will live in that obedience. That's all really God's looking for. He goes, to obey is better than sacrifice. And that is really what we need to keep our eyes on. Obedience is what God is looking for, submission and obedience. And if we will live that way, then, we will, then there's no limit to what God can do. And everything that God desires and his plan in your life, he will fulfill. We're going to mess up. We're going to have good days and bad days. But we confess and come back what Eli did not do. Then we will still see God's handwork. And it will be exciting to see what God can and will do in our lives. Thanks again for joining us as we have been examining this book. Stick with us as we work into chapter 4 next time. Hope it's an encouragement. I hope you stick with us as we are taught and challenged from God's word. Thanks again for joining us today.